Bibles, if you would, the book of Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, and uh, we will be speaking today on the subject of being consumed with Christ, being consumed with Christ. You know, uh, you could live a life that is consumed with the person of Jesus Christ. So, sometimes we feel overwhelmed uh, with the cares of this world, and we think that, uh, that, that there, this is not where I want to be. Uh, I, I want to live better for God, but I don't know how. Uh, I, uh, I don't know how to focus on the things in heaven because the weight of the issues of life. Uh, we, we struggle with these things. I want you to see today how you can be consumed with the person of Christ to help you with the decisions of this life. Uh, we, we have uh, uh, many decisions that we make day in and day out. And, and I'm afraid that many times we go through those, those decisions and through those uh, processes in our life without ever giving Christ a thought. And it seems like so many times that we, we think about Christ whenever we've already made a big mess of things. And, and when things get so bad that we, we have to turn to Christ because we have extinguished all of our uh, attempts, uh, it's really a little late to bring God into the picture. Uh, we ought to be going through it with Him. And, and, and to live a life that is consumed with Christ is, is, is a goal that each and every one of us as children of God uh, should have for your life. Uh, life is tough, but it doesn't have to be as tough as we make it. Sometimes we make it tougher on ourselves because we refuse to take God with us and, and, and give Him the burden that, that only he can carry anyway. We're just not designed to carry the burdens that sometimes we carry and, and our lives sometimes show it. Um, let's take a, a read uh, one more time of the, 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 the text this morning. If you're physically able, we'd like to stand for the reading of the Word of God in Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 4. It says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for those that you brought together this morning to hear your word. Dear Lord, I just pray that you would help us to examine our lives and, and, and see where our focus is and, and see how that uh, uh, we have put you in our lives and, uh, and how that uh, we depend upon you. Dear Lord, help us to always uh, be focused on you in our lives and and uh, to, to accept the help that you offer as we go through our lives, dear Lord. There's a lot of things that we face in this life that are difficult. They're, they're, they're very hard to go through. And, and dear Lord, we just want to, we just know that you're, you're bigger than us and stronger than us. And, and we can lean on you in these times of difficulty, dear Lord. I just pray, dear Lord, that you would just bless this message. Help us all. Dear Lord, to, to be consumed with Christ in our life. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated.
main theme of this book of Colossians is that, uh, that Christ is sufficient. Christ is sufficient. The Colossians believed that Christ was necessary, uh, but they also suggested that Christ was not enough. And, and they had some issues somewhere. They came up with the idea that you must add something to Christ. Uh, uh, one of the things that they added was legalism. They, uh, and and, and they, they felt like that legalism needed to go along with Christ. They accepted Christ, but there was these regulations that you must go through. Christ and things done in the flesh. Uh, they tried to add these things. And, and, and the chapter 2, uh, leading up to there, in verses 14 through 17, uh, it, it, if you look back, it says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day uh, or uh, of the new moon or the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Uh, another thing that they tried to add was ritualism. Uh, you must be circumcised. Uh, you must, uh, um, you must you, to add uh, what you have uh, to other uh, to to Christ. You they always they accepted Christ, but they was trying to add things to it, things that you might have to do. Uh, there was some that held to the idea that Jesus was necessary, but you must add Eastern mysticism. Mysticism. Uh, there's room for Jesus and there's room for uh, mysticism. Uh, there is room for Jesus, but there is room for legalism. There, there is room for Jesus there is, and there's room for ritualism. Uh, this is what the problems was in, in Corinth. Paul writes and tells them that Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. You don't have to add anything to Jesus. You don't have to add anything. When, when you have Jesus, you have everything you need. You have everything. This book is about the sufficiency of Christ. He is, he is all that we need. Well, we can believe that. Uh, say amen if you believe that. He, he, is, he is a sufficiency. Uh, 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 our sufficiency is in Christ. Uh, but how does our life reflect that? How does our life reflect that Jesus is sufficient for us? Um, how can we live so others can know that Jesus is sufficient? Do people look at us and, 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 and as we go through different phases of our life and, and they can see that, that it's true in your life that Jesus is sufficient? How can we live a life that is consumed with Christ? Now, that's what we're going to talk to you today uh, about. First of all, I want you to understand to know who you are in Christ. To know who you are in Christ. We, we need to understand that we already have what we already have in Jesus Christ. Uh, many people's understanding of Christianity is one thing. 
uh, I, I'm saved and I'll, I'll never go to hell. And, and thank God for that. You know, once you get saved, you can have that assurance that you're, you're not going to go to heaven. But if that is all you know about being saved, you have missed so much more about what it means to be a Christian. Uh, salvation uh, has present consequences as well as future consequences. Uh, verse number one says, If ye be, then be risen in Christ. Now I want us to notice the word if. It, it, it's not suggesting doubt uh, in this verse. It's not uh, maybe you were and, and maybe you weren't. It is a certain fact. It is an assumed fact. Since you are risen with Christ is really what it's saying. He brings to mind the idea of a resurrection. Uh, uh, he, he is talking about a spiritual resurrection here. Uh, uh, he, 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 we were dead in our trespasses and our sins. Uh, we were separated from God. And we were dead. A person without Christ cannot uh, on their own uh, power raise themselves into Christianity. Listen, you can't be good enough to be saved. Okay? You can't on your own power be good enough to be saved. Part of the process of being saved is, is understanding uh, uh, that, first of all, you're lost. And you can't save yourself. There are millions of people in this world, probably billions, who are trying to work their way, trying to be good enough to be accepted by God. And, and it can't be done. You can't, on your own power, become good enough uh, is, uh, to be accepted by God. You must, by faith, confess Him of your sins, and He will forgive you and cleanse you from your sins. Um, a person without Christ cannot on their own power raise themselves into Christianity just like a dead corpse can't raise itself uh, from the casket. It just can't happen. A work must be done for you. A work must be done in you. The grace of God must be given to us. The moment we believe Jesus Christ... Uh, God takes a sinner who is dead in trespasses of sin and he raises him up uh, to a glorious life in Jesus Christ. Uh, that's, that's what he does. That's God's doing. That's who you are. You were dead. You were separated from God. But now you have a resurrected life. This is an important part of what it means to be a Christian. You have a resurrected life. Jesus Christ is alive. And because he is alive, uh, his life changes how we live ours. Uh, don't live like Jesus is still in the grave. Uh, uh, don't face tomorrow like Jesus was killed and is still in the grave. Uh, you live like Jesus was crucified for your sins. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. And after three days, he rose from the grave. And because he rose, uh, you are risen with him in Christ. You were dead and now you are alive. Uh, so many times people try to, to continue living in their past. Preacher, you don't know what I've done. Yeah, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done, what I've done. Christ knows and he, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Right. Right. It, 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 
you, you can never get to the place where you have sinned so much that God can't forgive. He's seen it all. He knows it all. He, he knows all about you. And, and in spite of all of that, He sent His Son to die on the cross to pay the price for your sins. Amen. He did that for you. Uh, if your Savior is alive, you ought to live like Jesus is alive. If He be risen with Christ, and you are, and then He says, seek those things which are above. The word seek here used by Paul is an imperative. It's a command. It's, 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 it's not open for debate. It's, it's not open for discussion. We, we don't vote on it. Uh, he says uh, we're told to seek and we're to do it every day of the week. To seek, not just on Sundays, uh, but to seek. Uh, and we'll see what it is. 24-7 It's not a one-time event. It's not a suggestion. We don't do it once a day, but many times a day. And if ye uh, then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. I'm amazed how, uh, on how little the Bible has to say uh, about us seeking things. Well, we've complicated the Christian life and, and we've added a bunch of junk to the Christian life that God hasn't added. Uh, we have established rules and regulations to do uh, this and, to, and that and to be a Christian. When we come to this word, seek, the Bible has very little to say about what we are to seek. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 12 and 13, the Bible says, Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Uh, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Listen, this was from uh, the time that the Israel was in the Babylonian captivity. Uh, they, they, they were told during that time to seek God. To seek Him. It's kind of strange. They were uprooted from the land. They were taken hundreds of, of miles from their land. And God didn't say, seek your home. He said, seek me. Seek Him. Uh, can, can I suggest today, uh, you, to you today, before you seek answers to the problems that you face, seek Jesus. Before you, you, you struggle with what decision you're going to make, before you make that phone call, seek Jesus. Before you make that decision, seek Jesus. Be, before, in everything and all things, seek Jesus. Seek Him earnestly and, and seek Him exclusively. With all your heart, seek Jesus. Whatever you do, seek the Lord. In good times and in bad times, seek the Lord. That is the essence of what it means to be a Christian, to seek Him. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, the Bible says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek the Lord and seek, his, seek the kingdom. That's the sum total of what it is to be a Christian. Don't complicate it. Uh, don't make it confusing. Seek the Lord and seek His kingdom and you will be alright as a Christian. Seek those things that are above. 
seek things that are, are that are heavenly, not earthly. Well, you might have some object, objections to that. Preacher, I, I've got to work. Uh, the kids demand a lot of my time. Uh, my body is weak, and I, I, I have, I'm having health issues. There are demands and appointments and, and, and schedules and sales that have to be made. There, there are people that have to be contacted. Listen, this is not an either-or situation. It, it, it's, it, he's not saying you either seek the Lord or you make a living for your family. He, he's not saying either or. He's not saying you, uh, you either seek the Lord or fulfill your financial responsibilities. As you are with your family, you are seeking those things that are above. Uh, uh, you, as you are making a living, those things that, uh, seek those things that are above. These are not in competition with one another. You, don't, you, you do them at the same time. It is a way of life. It is the way you as a Christian... You, it's the way you are as a Christian. If you want to excel in your Christian walk, know who you are in Christ. As you needed some motive for seeking the things which are above, he says, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. We need to be more heavenly minded. If for no other reason, but because Jesus is there. Jesus is there. I'm ashamed of the times when we get to the end of the day and we haven't given thought to heavenly things. We have faced problem after problem without seeking Jesus. We are literally exhausted from the ups and downs of our day and we just write it off as a bad day. And we never consider seeking Jesus and heavenly things. How often does that happen in our lives? How often? I want to encourage you today to seek the things that are above which, uh, where Christ is. If you want to be consumed with Christ, you must first of all consider who you are in Christ. The second thing I want us to see here this morning is a reality you must accept as we look at verses 2 and 3. Verse 3 it says, For we are dead. Listen, he's not talking about being dead in trespasses and sins here. He's not talking about being separated from God because uh, we aren't uh, separated any longer. He, we have a union with God through Christ Jesus. He's not talking about being dead to sin here. He is talking about being dead to self. Being dead to self. Does, does self ever get you in trouble? Mm-hmm. Has self ever created turmoil in your life? Has self ever caused relationship problems? Has self ever caused you to lose a job? There's a solution to self getting in the way of many things. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Listen, nobody survives that. Uh, when everybody that went to the cross died, nobody outlived the cross. 
When you got on a cross, you didn't come off until you died. Dead? Dead to what? Dead? Dead to what? My preferences. Well, I'm dead to what I want. I'm alive to God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. We are, we are dead, but we are alive to God. It, that's real living. When you are dead to self and alive to Jesus Christ. That's, that's, when, that's when life really begins. Verse 2 says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, when he says not on things on the earth, he's not saying you can't enjoy a good ball game. He, he's not saying you can't enjoy popcorn and ice cream. Hopefully not at the same time. Uh, he's, he's not saying uh, become a Christian and all the enjoyment of life is removed. Let's put this into context. Let's look back to chapter 2 once again in verse 21 and 22. It says, touch not, and taste not, handle not, which all are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men. When we consider the context, we understand there are people telling us, don't do this, don't do this, and don't do that. If you can talk, and can only talk about Christianity in terms of what you can't do, you don't know the first thing about what it means to be a Christian. Christianity is not about what you don't do, it's about what you do do. Well, there are Christians that put a feather in their hat and brag about it. They don't dip and they don't chew and they don't go with the girls that do. Uh, you know, so they are better than everybody else, so they must be a better Christian. Any lost person can do that with the power of the flesh. They can do those same things that doesn't make them a Christian Christianity is not about what you don't do it's not about comparing my sin to your sin and, and saying yours is worse than mine Paul was saying those that were committed to adding something to Christ with a bunch of don'ts they missed the point they missed the point set your affection on things above not on things on the earth Verse 3 says, your life is hid with Christ in God. Amen. We are safe and secure in Jesus Christ. The devil comes along and targets the believer. I'm going to destroy this life. I'm, I'm going to destroy that preacher so that he'll never preach again. I, I'm going to see to it that this family is never put back together again. I'm going to see to it that this business will not succeed. And God comes along and says, how are you going to do that? His life is hid in my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. How, how are you going to do that? We are in Christ and, his, and our life is hid in Christ. We are safe and secure. 
He can't touch us. He can't take us. How do you live a life that is consumed with Jesus is know who you are in Christ. Be aware of the relationship you have in Christ. When it comes time to make a decision, know who you are in Christ. When you have to choose whether to go left or to go right, who do you have, who do you have to help you to make that decision? Have Jesus. The third thing I want us to see this morning is a revelation coming as we look at verse number four. It says, when Christ, who is our life, wow, what a statement. Christ, who is our life. I think, I, I like to think about that, don't you? Uh, he is the giver of life. He is the origin of life. He is the sustainer of life. He, he, our life is in his hands. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. He also said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to have life, you've got to come to Jesus. You may say, well, I, I've already got life. I inhale and I exhale and my heart is beating. I have all the attributes of life. Listen, you're not alive, you're merely existing. Life begins when you come to Jesus. You get saved. That's when life begins. Up to then, you're just existing. You're just existing. Verse 4 says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. When the Bible speaks of the return of Christ, it's, it's not a hypothetical form. You just suppose Jesus, uh, it, it doesn't mean just suppose Jesus might come back one day. No, it's never that way. When the Bible speaks to return of Christ, it's with authority and with certainty. When he shall appear. This is spoken with confidence and assurance. You, say, you may say, well, I've heard that all of my life. And he hadn't come. Do you really believe that he's coming? Well, there's two reasons why I believe that Jesus is coming back. The first thing, first reason why is because he said he was coming back. In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Not only did Jesus say he was coming back, but his apostles testified to the fact that Jesus was coming again. In 1 John 3, 2, it says, It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And then over in, in, in Titus, Paul put it like this. Looking for that blessed hope 
and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with him and the Lord. No, I don't know when he's coming back again. But I do know with certainty he is coming. When Jesus, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Not only did you identify with Christ in his death, when he died, you died. You identified with Jesus in his resurrection. When he was raised, you were raised to walk in newness of life. Now he says you're going to be identified with Christ in his glory. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to you that this world is not all there is? Um, what does that mean to you that when Jesus shall appear, we are going to appear with him in glory? We've already identified with him in death in the resurrection, and we will identify with him in glory. That's our identity. There's only one way to have that union with Christ. There's only one way to have that intimate walk with Jesus, by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, you're not going to have that unless you have salvation. Amen. You don't get salvation because... You worked hard because you were good enough. Nobody goes to heaven because they were good enough. Amen. The only good thing that they that anybody goes to heaven, my father-in-law sticks and see Jesus, and I'm jealous. You know, he he's not going to heaven because he was a good man. He's not going to heaven because he was a preacher. He's not going to heaven. He's going to heaven because he accepted Jesus Christ as payment for his sin. He realized that there was no way he could save himself, but he put his faith in Jesus to save him, and that's what happened to him. And he's going to see Jesus soon. Glory to God. What about you? There are not multiple ways of salvation. There's just one way, and Jesus says, I'm that way. Tomorrow... I've got things to do, places to be, obligations to fulfill. How can I live a consumed life? First of all, know who you are in Christ. Know who you are in Christ. Deliberately, intentionally seek heavenly things, not earthly. Seek those things that are above. And live with the anticipation that Jesus is coming. And we are going to share in his glory. I don't know what your situation is today. But I do know this. That God knows. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what you've done. And he's asking you to put your faith in him. 
He's asking you to allow him to take care of the past and wipe it clean. Uh, he has the power to do it, but he's not going to do it. He's not going to force any of himself on anybody. We must ask him. If you're not saved here today, I pray that you'll make that decision. Come forward. I'll be glad to show you from God's word how you, how you can be saved. And you can be saved today. If you're here today and you've been struggling with life, get sidetracked. Life has just seemed to be in turmoil because you've been trying this and trying that. You've just forgotten that you just need to depend upon Christ. Maybe you need to make a, a commitment to God. Maybe you need to come and just talk to God about it. You can do that this morning as we have the invitation. Let's all stand by our heads, close our eyes for a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us, dear Lord. Thank you, first of all, for saving us, for cleansing our lives from the sins of our past, putting us on a road that we might serve you with our lives and seek you with all of our heart. Dear Lord, as we struggle with life's issues, dear Lord, help us to remain focused on you and seek you with all those decisions that we make and sometimes mess up. Help us to remember to look to you for guidance, direction in all that we do. Help us to be consumed with Christ in our life. And help us to make it evident to those that are around us where we get our instructions from, where we get our comfort from, where we get our, our counsel from. Is from you, dear Lord. Help us, dear Lord, to be that kind of person as we try to impact a lost world that needs you. Help us, dear Lord, to just commit to whatever you have placed upon each of the people here today in their hearts today to do. I pray that they'll make that decision today as we sing. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What would you do?